Blog Talk Radio. Pugilistic linguistics, check out the 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 pugilistic linguistics. What's up, y'all? What's up? I don't know what's up with this technological, these, these technical difficulties I got going on here, but welcome to the Pugilistic Linguistic Show. I am your host, Michael Foster, the voice of reason in an unreasonable world. And I'm giving you a Sunday afternoon edition of this show. This show. Before we get started, as we do every, t- every time I come to visit you in your homes or your phones or wherever you seem to be listening to me at, Check me out on iTunes, Pugilistic Linguistics is the show. Come out there and download and listen at your at your convenience. Listen to the old previous shows, listen to the new shows, uh, send it to your friends, your Romans, your countrymen, tell everybody. Uh, again, the normal show is going to be Wednesday evenings at 8.30 Central Time. With the Sunday coming as I see fit, today I actually saw fit, so I'm going to give it to you for a half hour today, and I'm in and out with the game this evening. Before we get started, as we do every time, we're going to do a time watch. This is the weekly shenanigans of the tiny orange man, your president, Trump. So this week, he exercised a what well, his constitutionally granted power to pardon, and he used it for a share of Joe Arpaio in Arizona. Now, if you don't know who this cat is, he is a widely known racist. who routinely tramples upon the rights of American citizens and tramples on the human rights of everyone, not white. Latinos seem to be his cause du jour, but he doesn't truly discriminate. He he messes with everybody, not white. So he was found guilty of contempt of court for his refusal to follow the rule of law. It was in regards to, uh, I'm not even sure if it was illegal immigration, maybe it was illegal, whatever. But the bottom line was he was found in contempt of court by a judge. Criminal contempt of court. So this is this wasn't just, you know, you back talk the judge and you get 30 days or you get three days or four to no. This was criminal, like like felony contempt of court. So he was gonna do some time. Well his old buddy Donald his old buddy Donald Trump, who is now president, of which he shares a birthday with and shares similar ideologies to in regards to people that ain't white decided to help out his old friend and grant him a pardon today. Highly unusual because he hadn't even been sentenced yet. But he granted him a pardon. Now, 
anyone that has paid attention to this dude for the past seven months knows this is not out of his character. Uh, Hell, the Charlottesville thing a couple of weeks ago should have told you how he truly felt. So the pardon should should not have come as a surprise. He hinted at it at that at that next rally earlier in the week. We knew it was coming. And per internal aides in the White House, he was gung-ho about it. He was hell-bent on flexing his authority. So we shouldn't have been shocked. But here's the funny thing about it. I read a very interesting legal argument today about as to why that pardon in and of itself can be viewed as an impeachable offense. Forget about Russia. Forget about everything else to this point for right now for the purposes of this conversation. That pardon could be the first evidence of an impeachable, impeachable offense. Impeachable offense. The legal argument goes to say something along these lines. There is a mechanism to which a president can be impeached for doing things that the Constitution expressly allows him to do. So up to this point, the impeach argument has been he had done some things that were illegal and he should should be impeached for it. The legal argument I read today was it said basically you could even be impeached for doing things that you're allowed to do. In which this could potentially fall under. Congress could very well say, and first of all, this is the reason why I won't be impeached, because Congress has to initiate this on this legal story. Congress can very well say, yes, even though you have the power to pardon, that pardon that you granted, which so is so egregiously transparent, and it so undercuts the rule of law, that it becomes improper. Therefore, you need to be removed for it. So the thing about it is impeaching is not just for doing things that you shouldn't do. <clears throat> it's also if you do something you're expressly allowed to do under the Constitution, but if it's so egregious, you can be impeached for that. So let's see how this shakes out. He will be impeached. I don't think he'll make it to 2018. He will be impeached and removed. Because remember, there are two things here. There's another thing I want to talk about for a hot second. It's not just impeach. It is impeach and remove. That's the only way he leaves the White House. Because Bill Clinton was impeached. Impeach is done by the House a majority of the House, and removal from office is a supermajority of the Senate. Bill Clinton was impeached by the House but not removed by the Senate. 
So it's not just enough to impeach the man. You must impeach him and remove him to separate incidences. The legal argument I read today, he may have, if you ever go down that road, he may have given enough reason with this pardon of this sheriff. So again, we'll see how this shakes out. We'll see what goes on. In the meantime, let's get to the meat of today's show, The Missing Morality. The Missing Morality. Now, now before we get started, I want to let you know that the morality I speak of is probably not what you're thinking. This, is, this show stemmed from a conversation I was having with a good friend today over dinner. And we were discussing the fate of the world. It's usually our conversation. The fate of the world. And I relayed a story that I've actually told to a few people. I relayed a story of my youth, my growing up. Before we get into that, I've started to see a, a, a few hip-hop artists, cats around my age, old heads in the game, kind of speaking on this same type of topic. There is no more morality amongst thugs. And I'm going to have to separate that out and explain it for a second, in a second, but... But just there's no more morality amongst thugs, gangbangers, drug dealers, whatever. Now, knee-jerkingly, that sounds counterintuitive. Of course there's no morality amongst gangbangers and drug dealers. That's why they're gangbangers and drug dealers. They're not supposed to have any morality. If they did, they wouldn't be. That's not the case. That's not truly accurate. Yes, it shows some sort of uh, character flaw to, to, to get in the street gang or to get into the, the dope gang, get into that hustle. Yeah, you can, you can argue there's some sort of character flaw in that. But I submit to you that when I was younger, so we're talking mid-80s, early 90s, there was an overriding morality in it. I take it back to the mob, the mafia, the the mafia of the Corleone days in the movies, 30s, 40s, 50s. They were mafia. They were thugs. They were gangbangers, for lack of a better word, but they had a morality to them. No, you know, they, they dealt in gambling. They dealt in, you know, other things. It was like no, no drugs, no narcotics, no kids, no wives, no, you know, no police officers. You know, we, we held us amongst ourselves. There was something that you just, there were some things, some lines you just didn't cross. You were fair game, but I'm leaving the kids out of it. You were fair game. I'll leave your wife out of it if she has nothing to do with it. You were fair game. I will leave your brother out of it if he's not in it. There was a morality to thugs. 
Consequently, the average citizen wasn't wrapped up in it. When I was coming up, like I say, mid-80s, early 90s, there was a morality in the gangs and the drug dealers. When we were in elementary school, me and a group of friends of ours, we would posse up on a corner, the corner of 120th Place in Indiana. And we would walk our two and a half blocks to go to school every morning. Seven, eight, nine of us, depending on who showed up that day. But they would come from different, you know, they'd come from up the hill on Whitworth. They would come from over the tracks, 121st Street. They would come from Michigan Avenue. They would come from the state. They would come from Indiana. They would come from all over the place and posse up at that corner. And we walked to school every morning. Well, the gangbangers and the drug dealers in my neighborhood, what they would do, they would give us kids safe passage to school. They would, they wouldn't necessarily line up like sentries at every corner, but we knew that they were around and they kept an eye on us. They knew we were going to school. See, I, I saw a video. David Banner was talking about when he was coming up in the Hustlers, and it was kind of similar in our area. They weren't saints. I'm not going there with that. They were criminals. I get that. But what I'm trying to get to you, there was an honor amongst them. David Banner was talking about how he was coming up at the drug dealers at that time, when he was coming up as a teenager, as a, as a preteen or whatever, the drug dealers knew what they were doing was wrong. See, there was a shame, for lack of a better term. They knew what they were doing wrong. And, they, and consequently, they would not allow the kids in the neighborhood to get into that thing. Now, it could have been something as, as self-serving as they didn't want competition. I don't know. But the bottom line was, he said that they would, he, he said they told me, I will beat your ass if I see you out here hustling. Because you that music dude, or you the sports guy, or you going to school, you got, you got something going for you. I will beat your ass if I see you out here. You don't need to be out here doing what I'm doing. At that time, the gangbangers and the drug dealers knew what they were doing was wrong, and they didn't want kids that were doing something for themselves to get mixed up in the mess that they found themselves mixed up in. Then I might have been a nihilistic thought on their end that I can't get out, but at least it wasn't, I'm taking you with me. So when we were coming up, you know, we would have gangbangers, and I mean hardcore gangbangers, I mean drug dealers, I mean hardcore drug dealers that would look out for the kids in the neighborhood. Now, don't get me wrong. If you weren't doing shit for yourself, them the ones they would try to rope in. But the kids they knew that were playing sports or they were in school or whatever, they would leave them alone, almost to the fact that they would protect them. But at absolute least, they leave them alone. There was an honor and morality amongst the thugs there. I used to go to school, high school. When I got to high school, I played baseball. And my school was located on 79th and Halston. I lived on 120th in Indiana and practiced at 6 o'clock in the morning. So I would have to get up and be out my house by 5. 
walk up the hill from 120th in Indiana to 120th in Michigan, walk the half block to 120th Street, catch the bus, catch the bus to 95th Street, catch the train to 79th Street, and then catch the 79W bus to Halstead to go to school, to baseball practice. Every morning. That means I'm leaving my house at 5. And we're talking February, so it's still dark. These people, these 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 thugs, these hardcore criminals knew what I was doing, saw me coming, and pretty much watched me to make sure nobody bothered me. And I'm sure they did that to other kids in the neighborhood too. But I'm just speaking on me. There was a morality and honor, a a a a a, a morality, that's a better word, amongst thieves. You couldn't just see back back when I was coming up. You couldn't just go and just start putting drugs in the block. You couldn't just walk out your house and start hustling. You had to learn the game. You had to learn what was what was kosher and what wasn't. You had to learn what you should and should not do. You had to learn the business of it all. You couldn't just walk out your door with with a couple of keys and start doing hand to hands at the corner. You had to learn because because back then they realized random violence is bad for business. How are you going to sell to somebody and they think they're going to get shot? You ain't going to sell for long. Back then they realized violence is bad for business. But I was, the game bankers would have weekly meetings. In the park, Kensington Park, 118th in, in uh, Prairie, every Sunday, we knew this. They had to learn. This was like class. You had structure. You had morality. You had a honor. I distinctly remember being a kid out there playing in the summertime. We used to play softball in the street. Piggy for all the Chicago folk. You used to play Piggy. And it was just us kids or whatever, and a couple of the local, you know, thugs or whatever was playing. It was all cool, you know. They weren't my best friends, but we knew each other to see in the neighborhood. We knew. Uh, one day, one cat walks up, talks to one of the, the you know, the older kids, the game bankers or whatever, and he said to them, he said to us, Okay, y'all need to go in the house. In the game, you need to go in the house right now. Now, we don't know what's going on. We have no clue. But he said go in the house. We go in the house. Turns out they had a game thing going. They, they, were, they were getting invaded. I don't you know what the word is. They were getting attacked. They knew that, that some folk were trying to uh, ambush and they didn't want us kids in the midst. Go in the house. Ask any questions. So we didn't ask any questions, and we went in the house, and they kept us safe because we weren't involved. A morality amongst thugs. Fast forward to today. Zero morality. There's zero structure. There is zero honor. 
These kids are out here wilding out, taking everybody they can with them, not interested in, in the repercussions of it all. No honor. Statistically, Chicago street violence was worse when I was coming up than it is now. With the advent of social media, instant news, 24-hour news cycles, you would think now that Chicago resembles Beirut in the 80s. It didn't. It doesn't. What's different now is the randomness of it all. And I think that is what's more frightening than anything else. It's the randomness of it. Coming up, not once was I afraid to go outside and play. Summertime mornings, I get up at 10, run out the house, I don't come back in to 7, 7.30. That's how it was. I didn't worry about would I get caught up in some mess because I know I wasn't doing mess. At that time, you had to be in it to get caught in it. Not anymore. The issue now is these young kids are completely wilding out. They don't care who they aim at. They don't care who they hit. How many times you heard a story, it ain't just Chicago, just coming out of wherever, to where the person that they were shooting at got away. They don't care. There's no honor. There's no shield the kids. If anything, they're trying to get the kids involved. Again, David Banner, the video I posted, you know, we don't sell the pregnant women. You don't sell the kids. You don't go to, you don't sell at schools. You don't, there was, there were rules to this. There are levels to this shit. And there were serious repercussions if you broke those rules. He said if you broke those rules, they'd kill you. That was your punishment. Now, again, I never hustled, so I don't know if that was the true case when I was coming up. But what I do know is they didn't sell the kids. They didn't come to school and sell. They didn't do that kind of thing. They didn't randomly shoot up parking lots. Why? Because that's bad for business. Forget about the morality. They were businessmen. My job is to move as much of this white as I can. So why am I going to put fear in my customers? Forget about the altruism of it. Forget about the save the neighborhood crap of it. It was bad for business. And they were enough of businessmen to understand that. Drug game, the game business, all that stuff is intertwined. There's no morality because these kids don't understand anymore. They think it's cute to bust their guns and this, that, and the third, and, you know, whatever, wet up a school and wet up. They think that shit's cute. What you're doing is you're eliminating the entire generation. There is a severe gap. If we did a, if we, if we did a generational map, generational chart, 
you know, my parents' generation, then we got my generation, then we got our kids, and now we're getting to the point to our kids' kids almost. There's a gap. I'm 42 years old, so we're talking, if I had a, say say my oldest be 18, 19 years old, 17, 18, somewhere in that area. There's a severe gap in that age range because they're killing each other. Over what? Because they don't know the game. They don't know the, they don't know the rules of the game. You got, and again, I, I use Chicago as an example because I have the most experience. That's where I'm from. You've got crackdowns from law enforcement that basically took off the heads of all these gangs. which leaves a severe power vacuum at the top. So the structure that was so ingrained in cats in my generation when they were when they were hustling and they were doing their thing has completely been obliterated by this new group. So they have no concept of structure. Now, whether they should have been taken out, whether the game has been, that's a conversation for another day. I'm just telling you the results of what happened. So now you have a severe power vacuum with no true heads. So what happens? The gang splinters and everybody turns turns off into their own little factions. BDs over here and the GDs over here and the BGs right there and all that. And what's happening is they're all fighting over the same turf. Turf means drugs too. So you, the more turf you get, the more drugs you can sell. All this stuff is intertwined. They're not just game banging because they feel like it. I mean, some of them are. I can't say that. But for the most part, they're game banging because they got money, it's money involved. Now you got the BGs over here, and one block over, you got the, the, B, the GDs over here, and they, they used to be in the same game, but now they're fighting each other because there's a power vacuum at the top. Everybody's trying to get to the top of that ladder, top of that pyramid. So this faction is one with this faction. They live a block away from each other. So what do you think they're going to do? Ride down the street and shoot it up. And the killing part about it is they're not even shooting each other. They're shooting us. So again, there's no morality. We need to, we need to reach these kids somehow. I don't have all the answers. Need to reach these kids somehow. You know, it ain't gonna be as simple as just say no to drugs. We we beyond that. Somehow or another, we need to reach these kids. And again, uh, what I'm gonna start to do is open up my Facebook page on pugilistic linguistics to suggestions based on the, the topic of the week. If you have any ideas, I mean, of course, this is one man talking into a microphone. This needs to be a movement more than just me, but it's got to start somewhere. We got to reach these kids somehow and let them know. Forget about a better way. I'm, again, I'm not this Pollyanna dude. I'm not just trying to pie in the sky cat. It's not even about there's got to be a better way. You're killing your own folk. Straight up. In today's society, as under attack as the black people are, as black people are, you're killing your own. Counterproductive. 
So, again, I don't have all the answers. I know how we got here. I don't know how we progressed from here. If you have any ideas, feel free. I got 90 seconds left. Feel free to reach out to me on my page. Let's start a discussion. We got to reach these kids. We got to teach some morality somehow. Well, it's about my time. I'll be back with you all on Wednesday evening, 8.30 Central Time. I don't know what it's going to be yet. Depends on how the spirit hit me. I got 60 seconds left. Y'all probably hear that. But in closing, we got to find out a way to, 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 to build morality. But again, as I say every day before I bid you adieu, take care of yourself because you all you got. Peace.